unless you were in a complete media blackout, you know about the shooting that the murders that happened at Umpqua Community College in Roseburg on Thursday. And I know that you have seen on TV or Facebook or however you get your information that uh, everybody has something to blame and some solution to propose. And the world, which refuses the truth, which is Jesus, will look anywhere else to find blame or and or a solution. But I'm here to tell you again this morning, as I did after the church shootings in Charleston earlier in the summer, that sin is the condition of humanity. People can blame guns or religion or bullying or prejudice or lack of education or lack of laws. Uh, isn't it interesting that from the Pharisees to Washington, D.C. in 2015, when the untransformed mind sees sin, the solution is more rules. So we got to control people more. That's what the Pharisees did and it's, it's what our government tries to do. But guns are neither the problem nor the solution. Education is not the problem nor the solution. Some new law will not solve our problems and the lack of some law did not create our problem. Lack of money is not the problem and more money will not solve it. Bullying is not to blame and kindness is not the solution. Sin is the cause and Jesus is the answer. Apparently nobody got that. I said sin is the cause and Jesus is the answer. Sin is the problem and Jesus is the solution. Period. That's it. There is no human solution. To, to evil. There is no earthly solution. There is no such thing as progress. There is no evolution. There is no safety on earth, I mean. There is no safety. There is no education that can correct this. There is no law, no limitation or restriction that we can enact to, to stop evil. There's not a law enforcement solution. There's not a military solution. There's not a prison rehabilitation program. There is no political party that can help. There's no economic solution. There is no social program. There is no monetary fix at all. No amount of patriotism or historical knowledge or constitutional law can fix our problems. There is no such thing as common sense and goodwill doesn't exist. Evil is the condition of the human heart and sin is the resident that lives there. We're born wicked. No parent has ever had to teach their children how to lie or steal or throw a fit. Children must be taught what is right exclusively. We inherit sin in our genes. And salvation in Jesus Christ is the only solution. He is our only hope. We cannot stop sinning. We cannot control it. We cannot legislate goodness. We cannot reward goodness or punish badness enough to stop sin and death and murder and evil. Jesus is the only light in the universe of darkness. He is our only hope. He is the only perfect man. He is the only righteous one. He is the only truth, the only way, the only life. 
and faith in him and the heart transplant that he does in us is the only cure for sin. Obedience to his commands is the only solution for evil. His blood alone can set us free from our own wickedness. All these other solutions that are proposed are a band-aid, and some of them may slow the problem or stop one, but then they cause another problem. Jesus is the only solution to sin. It should never shock us that somebody who doesn't know Jesus would do something evil because people are not good. We are wicked and we need a Savior. Mark 7, Jesus says this about the condition of humanity's heart. Out of, this is Jesus speaking. Out of the heart of men proceed evil thoughts, adulteries, fornications, murders, thefts, covetousness, wickedness, deceit, lewdness, an evil eye, blasphemy, pride, foolishness. All these things come from within and defile a man. Notice Jesus doesn't blame them on demons. He doesn't blame them on social problems. He doesn't blame them on a lack of welfare programs or enough government spending or the right laws. He says they are in our heart. We inherit sin all the way back from Adam and Eve. In our genes, we are born with it. And people want to be good. We really do. We want to be good. There are a few people who are so hard-hearted and selfish that they enjoy murder and evil and blood. And... But generally, people want to be good. But what that usually means is, I want to believe that I'm good. People generally want to do what they believe is good as best as they can and call themselves good people. But we are utter failures at pleasing God, at doing things His way, at being perfect, which He requires. Even those of us who have signed on with Jesus and said, Lord, You are our Lord. You're my King. You're the boss of my life and my heart, and I will do things Your way. We still don't get it right. Even after we know the real truth. We still can't get it right. And Paul writes about that in Romans 7, this very famous, well-known passage. The word of God is spiritual, but I am unspiritual, sold as a slave to sin. I do not understand what I do. For what I want to do, I do not do. But what I hate to do, that's what I do. If I do what I don't want to do, I agree that God's law is good. As it is, it is no longer I myself who do it, but it is sin living in me. I know that nothing good lives in me, that is, in my sinful nature. For I have the desire to do what is good, but I cannot carry it out. This is Paul writing present tense after he has the Holy Spirit living in him, folks. This is not Paul writing about the unregenerated man. This is the battle of the Christian life. All right? So don't pretend that you don't have this problem anymore. You just have enough faith. No, we'll all have the battle of sin. I have the desire to do what is good, but I cannot carry it out. For what I do is not the good I want to do. No, the evil I do not want to do, this is what I keep on doing. Now, if I do what I do not want to do, it is no longer I who do it, but it is sin living in me that does it. So I find this law at work. When I want to do good, evil is right there with me. In my inner being, I delight in God's law, but I see another law at work in my body, waging war against the law of my mind and making me a prisoner of the law of sin at work within my members or my body. 
What a wretched man I am. Who will rescue me from this body of death? Thanks be to God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then I myself in my mind am a slave to God's law, but in the sinful nature a slave to the law of sin. Paul talks about sin as if it's a being here. He says sin lives inside of us and sin does what it wants and that we have to be delivered from that. And he says, I, I am so wretched. I, I hate what I do and I can't do what I love. Who's going to rescue me? Jesus! Amen. Praise be to God. Jesus will set me free from this stupid cycle I am in of trying to do things right and I can't get it done. Even those of us who have the Holy Spirit, even those who know the truth and, and have pledged to obey Jesus, we still have this sin nature in us. And Paul says it lives in our hearts. And Jesus is setting us free. All of us, every single human being for all of time on all the planet is born automatically enslaved to sin. We are not good. We are disobedient. And we have no hope of laws or money, or education, or programs correcting any of that outside of a born-again heart in Jesus Christ. The only remedy for sin is Jesus and His blood and His Holy Spirit and the heart transplant that He does to remove, the Bible calls it the circumcision of the heart, to remove that carnal, earthly, fleshly thinking and put in Holy Spirit kingdom of heaven thinking in our hearts. So we want to be good. We cannot do it. We must have a Savior. We must have a healer. We must have a Redeemer. He is the only answer. And praise God, He is the answer. In Matthew 1, the angel says, She will bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. The good news is there is a Savior and Jesus can save us from our sins. And Ephesians 2 says how he does it. As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world and the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. All of us have lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our sinful nature and following its desires and thoughts. But everyone else, like everyone else, we were by nature children of wrath. Paul says, before Jesus, writing to the church, to us Christians, he says, every one of us used to be dead in our sin. When we followed the ways of the world and the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the New King James says, the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is at work in the sons of disobedience. This passage says, every single person in the world who does not have Jesus has Satan in their heart. There is no such thing as a good person. We either have Satan or we have Jesus as our king. Jesus said we either have Satan as our father or God as our father. And all of us at one time lived that way, doing whatever we felt like in bondage to whatever addictions and feeding those cravings, whether that's porn or drugs or anger or depression or money or whatever it was, we fed those things. And he says, like everyone else, we were by nature children of wrath. But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved. 
And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus in order that in the coming ages he might show the incomparable riches of his glory expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. It is not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not by works so that no one can boast. For we are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works which God prepared in advance for us to do. Even the, even the faith that we responded and said yes to Jesus, that is the grace of God. That's what Paul says. We're saved by grace through faith, and even that faith is not our own work. It is the gift of God. Jesus said, those who I reveal the Father, they will see Him. We need a Savior. We need a healer. We need somebody to set us free. And then, when we have been set free from sin and the Holy Spirit has replaced our genetic sin with holiness, then we can be good. It says we can walk in good works that God planned for our lives before time even began. But only by the Holy Spirit. Not out of self-control or our goodwill or a desire to be a good person. If you are here in church this morning because you came with a family member or a friend or because you just want to check it out, you need to know that we are not here to be good people. We are here because we know we're not. Because we need a Savior. We need somebody to teach us the right way because as good as we tried to be, we were miserable failures. We disobeyed God. We hurt ourselves and we hurt other people. And we need forgiven for that. And we need taught right and not just taught right, but we need empowered by the life of the Holy Spirit. We cannot be good. We cannot be religious. We must be filled with the Holy Spirit. And it's the fruit of Him that is our goodness and our gentleness and our self-control. Because as hard as we try, we cannot please God in our own flesh. We cannot be good we cannot do it right. But Jesus came to show us the way to set us free, not only to pay for our sins and to redeem us to God, but to fill us with His Spirit that empowers us to actually then do it God's way. Amen. All right. John 14, Jesus says this, If you love me, keep my commandments. And I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper, that you may abide, he may abide with you forever, the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. Jesus says right there, I'm going to send the Holy Spirit who will live in you, and the world cannot receive him. The world can't even see him. You know the world thinks we're fools, because they can't see what we see, which is the Holy Spirit of God. They can't, the, world, the people that refuse Jesus cannot receive the Holy Spirit. But you will know He's there. And you will see Him, and you will hear Him, and He will lead you into all truth, Jesus said. And He will dwell in you. That is the difference between being actually free from sin and truly born again and being religious. Because all of the world's religions, including fake Christianity, is all about rules and being good. The Hindus, the Muslims, the Mormons, the Buddhists are all trying to achieve some perfection to arrive at God. And real Christianity says, nope, we're ruined. <laughs> we're 
hopeless and helpless without a Savior, but God is that good that he would actually do that. And that he alone can make us able and make us righteous and make us perfect. And that is real life. That's not religion. It's not rules. It's not being good. It is, I need a heart transplant. It's an admission that I can't be good. I am evil. Even though I want to be good, I'm genetically broken. I'm spiritually broken outside of Jesus. Jesus, give me a heart transplant and put the spirit of my Father in me and make me a new person. Amen. Jesus in Matthew 11 prays this. I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from the wise and understanding and revealed them to little children. Yes, Father, for such was your gracious will. All things have been handed over to me by my Father, and no one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son, and anyone to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Jesus, praying to God, says, Father, I thank you that those who in the world who think they are wise, who think they have the solutions, think they have some education and intelligence, you've hidden it from the proud and you've exposed it to little children, meaning those who are humble, small in our own eyes. What is that wisdom? Well, the world's wisdom is, well, we know why this tragedy happened and why this problem happens and we can blame this and this and this and we know how to fix it. And it never works. Because it's earthly wisdom. It's blaming money or guns or education or government or lack of government or whatever. Because the solution to the world's problems is not another program or more money. The solution to the world's problems is Jesus Christ becoming Lord in another heart every day. And as Jesus saves another heart, as another person puts faith in Jesus and is born again and their life gets transformed, then their family will get transformed, then their school or their workplace or their state or their nation will get transformed as individual people get saved. The good works that the world tries to do outside of the power of the blood of Jesus are absolute worthlessness. The gospel is what will change the world. Even the good works that the church does, trying to be good Christians, if we don't do it in Jesus' name, preaching salvation, we are wasting our time. We're making more Pharisees who are good people who are obeying the rules of God but haven't had a heart transplant. And they are still stuck in sin even though maybe they're not acting on it on the outside. Jesus said, I came to destroy the works of the enemy. I came to reveal the Father. I didn't came, come to teach more rules and how to behave. I came to tell you, he says, the world hates me because I testify that its deeds are evil. Jesus, I came to tell you you're evil and you need forgiven and saved. And when that happens, a real response of real faith and a heart is really truly born again, and a mind is transformed, then sin melts away. We know, absolutely we know, we've got to battle it in real life every day, but the sin nature is gone. Addiction can be broken. Wrong thinking can be overcome. 
And then there won't be murderous anger. There wouldn't be poverty. There wouldn't be broken societies. There won't be corrupt governments or broken economies. The kingdom of God must come to every heart. Salem and Washington aren't going to fix it. The school is not going to fix it. Welfare programs will not fix it. History proves it over and over and over. Of man's best efforts at being good, even at educating each other and sharing, never work. This creates more problems. Because Jesus is the only solution. The gospel in each heart, faith, and born again, people, is the answer. Amen. So you can judge other people as being evil. And truly, there are some really sick, twisted people out there. But this morning, the question is, what are you doing? Would you bow your head and close your eyes and take a look at your own heart? And yeah, you can look at yourself and say, well, I'm a lot better than that guy that committed all those murders on Thursday because I would never do that. Okay, well, that's probably true. But after you've had a look at your own heart, then have a look at Jesus. And you will see that it is your sin that put him on the cross. That you do not measure up. That in fact, you do need a Savior. That for all your best efforts, you have disobeyed God. You have hurt yourself. You have hurt your spouse and your children, your parents. For all your best attempts at not being addicted to porn or drugs or alcohol or anger, you can't stop. And you need somebody to set you free. So this morning, if you see that, and you're ready to admit it and ask for help, ask for salvation, if you realize that you aren't ever going to get it right, even by your best efforts, that you need a Savior and a healer, you need somebody to ransom you, set you free from those chains that bind you, then you can pray this right now between you and Jesus. Jesus, I see that my best efforts have failed. I tried to be a good person, but I haven't gotten it done. And I see that I have disobeyed God. I've trespassed your holiness. I've hurt myself and you and a lot of other people. Please forgive me. I want to start over. Please forgive me. I've been wrong. Terribly wrong. Forgive my pride. Please forgive my fear. Forgive my choices. Jesus, please save me. Remove 
the sin that's in me that I can't stop. And fill me with your Holy Spirit. Jesus, I say yes to you. I choose you from this day forward. You are the boss of my life. You are my Lord and the King of my heart. I will follow your instructions. I will obey your commands. I will walk with you according to your word and your Holy Spirit all the rest of the days of my life. Please wash me clean. Make me new. Kill that old sin. And make me alive in you. Fresh and clean and holy. Thank you for dying for me. Thank you for taking my place. I know I'm the one that deserves to die and go to hell because I have disobeyed God. But you took my place. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for taking my place. And I owe you everything and I give you my life. I side with you. I say yes to you. You are my king. I am your servant. I will go where you say to go, and I will do what you say to do. And I know that you will have patience with me, and you will teach me your ways as we go along. But in real faith, I mean it right now, that I am yours. I trust you to be my savior and my teacher king of my life. I believe that you are perfect and you are the only way to heaven. Thank you for showing me God. Thank you for washing me clean. Thank you for making me new. Thank you for a fresh life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Is anybody brave enough to raise your hand and say, I prayed that for the first time? With two people, first service. It was awesome. Right. Praise the Lord. I know almost everybody in the room, and I know you're walking with the Lord, but He is that good. We know it. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Grace on you all.